from Psalm 62, hear these words. Only in God do I find rest. My salvation comes from him. Only God is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I won't be shaken anymore. How long will all of you attack others? How long will you tear them down as if they were leaning walls or broken down fences? The only desire of this people is to bring others down low. They delight in deception. With their mouths they bless, but inside they are cursing. Oh, I must find rest in God only because my hope comes from him. Only God is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. My deliverance and glory depend on God. God is my strong rock. My refuge is in God. All you people trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Human beings are nothing but a breath. Human beings are nothing but lies. They don't even register on a scale. Taken all together, they are lighter than a breath. Don't trust in violence. Don't set false hopes in robbery. When wealth bears fruit, don't set your heart on it. God has spoken one thing. Make it two things that I myself have heard. That strength belongs to God and faithful love comes from you, my Lord. And that you will repay everyone according to their deeds. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In our non-stop workaholic culture, it feels like time off is something that we earn. When you start a new job in corporate America today, for instance, you haven't accrued any PTO in human resources speak. In other words, you haven't earned your rest. Here's what I do in my head when someone says that the reason that we should rest is because God rested on the seventh day. I compare what I do in a given week to God's work in six days of creating the universe. And then I say I didn't do enough to deserve the rest because I didn't create the universe. So God's example of resting on the seventh day backfires for us go-getting workaholics. But here's the thing. The rest that God exemplifies and invites us into is a way of life. It is everything that is crucial to being human. Abraham Heschel wrote that Manuha was created on the Sabbath. And Manuha is tranquility, serenity, peace, and repose. Christians keep trying to look east to practices like Buddhism to find these things. And these qualities of peace and serenity are intrinsic to our Judeo-Christian faith. We've just forgotten them as we have accepted the machinery of our world as our religion instead of the joy and serenity and peace of walking with God. We see this example of feeling like one day we will earn our rest in the highest of society climbers and the super wealthy. If you forgo everything an up-and-coming lawyer or politician or doctor or banker is told, if you work 80-hour weeks, ignore your family, then at 50, you'll be high enough in the company or practice that you can buy whatever you want and take that time off. You know these people and have seen them. They might have all the stuff in the world, but they have no one with which to enjoy it 
or at least anyone who wants to be around them still, or their relationships are all in shambles because of their constant demands of the past 25 years of work, or they retire early only to find themselves miserable because all they knew and all that gave them a sense of value was their work. Rest, however, is the intention of this fourth commandment to keep Sabbath. Sabbath is meant to be an invitation from God, a reminder of God's refuge, not a prison. As Matthew Sleeth writes, rest shows us who God is. He has restraint. Restraint is refraining from doing everything that one has the power to do, end quote. God could have given us a model of constant and incessant work, but intrinsic to God is delight. Work is not bad. God models a beautiful and life-giving creative process, but work is not everything. In God's world, which is where we live, you deserve rest. You do not have to earn rest. Jesus talked about coming to give us life, to giving us life to the fullest, abundant life. This abundant quality of life means that we don't have to live like workhorses. We don't have to go 24-7 because we can't go 24-7. Matthew Sleeth said it this way, A weekly day of rest is like Cherry Garcia ice cream and hugs. We can survive without them, but we can't really live. End quote. You can substitute another flavor if you prefer. Unlike what you may have experienced in church and religion in your life, God's dream and goal for us humans is to really live. God wants each person and thereby our communities and societies to thrive and to flourish. God invites us to really live. And we do this in part by really resting. I find these words of Psalm 62 invitational and a wonderful reminder. The first word of the psalm, I believe, is the key for understanding what the psalmist is saying. It says, only, only in God do I find rest. My salvation comes from him. Only in God. We might say, I've tried to rest in other things. I've tried the vacation and the spa, but nothing else in life gives true rest. Reprieve? Maybe. But the psalmist is talking about a deep rest in God that relies upon trust. Psalm 62 is, all, is called a song of confidence or a song of trust. So we hear this refrain right away. Only in God do I find rest. My salvation comes from him. Only God is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I won't be shaken anymore. And then we learn about what is happening to the psalmist. He says, how long will all of you attack others? How long will you tear them down as if they were leaning walls or broken down fences? The only desire of this people is to bring others down low. They delight in deception. With their mouths they bless, but inside they are cursing. The situation seems dire. The psalmist and his people are in a terrible position. Their enemy is attacking and seeking to kill. And whether that is a physical thing or metaphorical doesn't really matter, for we've all been there in some way. And then the psalmist enters this refrain again, but this time with even more desperation. He uses the imperative this time. He says, oh, I must find rest in God only because my hope 
comes from him. Only God is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. In the midst of attacks, in the midst of what is unknown, the psalmist trusts completely on God. And the way that the psalmist displays trust is by resting on God. God is unmovable. God is unshakable. The rest, to rest is to completely trust upon God and who God is. We sometimes convince ourselves that we are making the world spin and turn by our work. I am wired like that. If I work just one more hour, complete one more task, then I'll have done it. Then I will deserve my rest. Then I will be worthy of love. But the words of the psalm enter in. Oh, I must find rest in God only because my hope comes from him. The psalm presents us with quite the challenge. Who are we trusting? Rest, Sabbath rest, displays that we are trusting God. That we are remembering that God is the one who has the whole world in his hands. Thus we can say with the psalmist, my deliverance and glory depend upon God. God is my strong rock. My refuge is in God. All you people trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Why is this trust so hard to do? I think it's because the greatest allure of our society is that we are in control of our lives, that we somehow control our destiny. That theory works when things are going great in life. I think about the champion athlete who gives God a nod from the podium or the awards stage. We love this idea in our culture that anything is possible, that if you work hard enough, you can do whatever you set your mind to. These concepts have religious appeal. Many of us think that they are Christian sayings or would equate them as such. The problem is that they are misplaced. This week, the greatest gymnast in history stepped back from competition in the biggest stage for mental health reasons. We don't know what's going through her head. The pressure she feels must be immense. But what I know is that part of our collective reaction wants to say, come on, suck it up and push through it. And thankfully, we know that is an unfair response today in 2021, and ultimately an unhealthy response. But it is striking to hear this decorated athlete say that there is more to life than competing. Ultimately, this is what the psalmist is saying. Human achievement cannot secure the abundant life. Being on top of the world, being the greatest of all time, still does not grant the rest that God offers. As the psalm continues, we hear what people are tempted to place their trust in. Don't trust in violence, the psalmist says. Don't set false hopes in robbery. When wealth bears fruit, don't set your heart on it. Wealth often is the rationale for overworking. It becomes the means to the good life. But the psalmist is warning against that. He recognizes that people can go to any means to accrue wealth, even violence and even robbery. Commentator J. Clinton McCann describes it this way. He says, the psalmist's choice is clear. Trust in God at all times. But the alternative seems so much more concrete and compelling. Trust your own resources. Trust your own buying power. Trust whatever you can get your hands on. Ends quote. You see, the decision to rest is a decision to trust in God. 
It is a refusal to believe the lies of the world that I am in control and the world somehow depends on my performance. What God invites us into is an entirely different way of life, a rhythm. Remember how in the lockdown mode in COVID last year, we often forgot what day it was when every day just blended into another and there was no defining rhythm. When we work 24-7 and don't step back and rest in God, we lose any semblance of rhythm in our lives. Our culture is not going to give us this rhythm. Sure, many of us won't go into the office on the weekends, but our lots of things that are not rest. We are going to have to make a conscious choice in our lives, in our families, in our schedules, to work towards Sabbath rest. And we need different types of rest. Many of us work in fields that are not necessarily physically draining. For farmers and manual workers, physical rest is vital, but many of us are fatigued in different ways. We are mentally and emotionally exhausted more than physically. Carrie McLeish wrote a piece on faith and leadership that is instructive. She asked questions about what can restore us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, not only physically. For some of us, the idea of rest conjures up nightmarish ideas of having to sit around and do nothing. That's not necessarily the idea of rest that we're talking about. McLeish writes, rest need not be inactive. For me, doing physical activity that requires focus can be emotionally restful. I garden, cook, or create something. If I occupy my hands, I find that my mind wanders away from my concerns. Active rest may sound counterintuitive, but resting can simply be stopping ordinary work. Doing something that might be work to someone else may be restful for you. For instance, during COVID, my wife and I kept date nights on our Sabbath that involve us cooking a nice dinner that is still way cheaper than anything we'd get at a restaurant. For someone who is a cook or a chef, this might not seem like Sabbath, but for us, it was a delight. Would it have been work for the Pharisees' definition of Sabbath? Most definitely, but I'm not following their definition. We also need rest from the constant deluge of information that we all receive. I know that our inboxes all pile up. And then sometimes on days off, we might skip checking our email, but we go scroll on social media and news feeds. So we take in more and more information, and our brains never really have the opportunity to process it all, to determine what information is important and what isn't. Pete Scazzaro says it this way in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He says, if we can stop for one day a week, we touch something deep within us as image bearers of God. Our human brain, our bodies, our spirits, and our emotions become wired by God for the rhythm of work and rest in him, end quote. In Psalm 62, the psalmist displays all of life being centered in God and dependent upon God. When we rest, we rightly remember that God is our refuge, our deliverance, and our glory. In his poem of blessing for one who is exhausted, John O'Donohue wrote these words, you have been forced to enter empty time. The desire that drove you has relinquished. There is nothing else to do now but rest and patiently learn to receive the self you have forsaken in the race of days. Come to me, all you who struggle 
and are carrying heavy loads, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Jesus gives us the rest we need. He invites us to receive his rest and to depend on him. The world is in his hands, after all, not yours. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. time, I invite you to stand, if you are able, as we proclaim the words of faith we find in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. We join now in a time for the prayers of the people, and we invite all to join their requests together and to lift up your hearts to